Welcome to episode nine of the Cap City Outfitters podcast. Um, you got Brian and Chris this morning. Good morning. Um, today we're going to talk about the AR pistol builds that we've done recently. Um, we've had a lot of success with these out at the range. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let Chris introduce his uh, his AR pistol first. Absolutely. Uh, my gun has been colloquially referred to as the Mark One Mod Zero sniper pistol. Um, we uh, because we throw a bipod on it here in the shop just to show off the new Magpul bipods, uh, which we have in stock now. Um, it, it the bipod is not a permanent resident on that gun, so you can stop looking at us like we're crazy. Uh, but either way, uh, the Mark One Mod Zero sniper pistol uh, basically was looking to get in on the pistol craze. I was one of these guys that sat back for quite a while, going, "Ah, oh, just SBR it. Uh, that's dumb. Just SBR it." Um, the reality check is it's the same gun. It just has an arm brace instead of a stock on it, and I don't have to deal with a tack stamp and a weight and mother may I to cross state lines and stuff like that. So so that, that was kind of the impetus behind me building the Mark I Mod Zero. Uh, that particular gun is built with a lot of Bravo Company components, but it is a mutt. Um, the gun was built around a, an FN, a Fabrique Nationale, uh, spikes branded, but Fabrique National manufactured 11 and a half inch hammer forged barrel. Um, the, you know, the barrel's kind of the heart and soul of any rifle, even if it's a pistol rifle slash carbine slash whatever. Uh, the FN barrels and hammer forged barrels in general tend to be fairly accurate and very, very durable in the long term. Uh, that was kind of the reason for me choosing this. I also like lightweight stuff because I am not lightweight. Uh, so it's a little bit easier to carry around the pencil profile barrel, you know, a little less weight. You're shaving some there. I don't know the actual numbers versus a uh, M4 profile or, or a heavier barreled actual pistol link gas system. Uh, but the 11 and a half seems to be the sweet spot from a reliability perspective. Dropping down to 10 and a half, 10, 3, we see some really good brand names. Um, still struggle a little bit with maybe heavier bullets or, or certain, um, certain loads. Uh, you know, even even the vaunted Daniel Defense guns that are that are being sold to the military as the Mark 18 struggle sometimes with with different loads that are outside of what they were designed around. Um, and part of that's you know just not having the dwell time past that seven inch gas port on a carbine system uh, at ten and a half. So eleven and a half is a really good sweet spot. Um, keeps the gun light, but gives you a little more reliability. In in my humble opinion, and and based on my research. Um, the hammer forge stuff where i'm a little snobby about hammer forge barrels do i think it's a requisite no absolutely not um a good stainless barrel a good mil spec barrel that's chrome lined heck a good nitrided barrel um you know as long as it's a 4150 barrel is you know it's going to do you all right if you're going to use the gun you know hard at all um if if you're not if it's a toy if it's something you just want to look cool then you know buy whatever barrel looks cool that's that's your call that's the beauty of building these things um, mine, I wanted a little more reliability and the ability to train with it and use it and get some rounds through it. Um, this barrel was pushed into a uh, Bravo Company upper receiver that was stripped. Uh, very, very tight fit. You're going to need a heat gun and probably some type of a dead blow hammer or rubber mallet or rawhide mallet to get them together. Uh, I also used a Bravo Company uh, 10.5 inch MCMR uh, KMR style rail uh, from, from Bravo. Also needed to be heated up and tapped onto the barrel nut. Um, the, it's, they, everything fits together from Bravo really, really tight, which I really like. The other thing about the Bravo rails that I'm a big fan of, a lot of rails out there on the market today have a split across the bottom of the rail. 
and when you crank down the screws to clamp that split down onto the barrel nut you are potentially distorting the shape of the rail at the top end where it goes vertical to meet the picatinny rail on top um, the bravo company actually is a solid loop and it pins together just below the picatinny rail and is extremely strong and doesn't distort the shape of the forehand so um the gun was also, the bottom end was a full-on Bravo Company uh, pistol lower. Uh, I modified it to put an SBA-3 on it and a Law Tactical on it. Uh, I left the trigger in it. I like the PNT triggers and the Bravo stuff real well. I like the uh, the Mod 3 uh, pistol grip that they use on the gun. Uh, the bolt carrier group in this case, I believe, is a Bravo as well. I'd have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's a Bravo as well. Um, and then the charging handle on this gun, I have a, and I think I pulled an old school uh, Bravo Company charging handle. Um, I like the number four size charging handle from Bravo. The five's a little small, the three's too big, the four's Goldilocks, it's kind of just right. Um, the one thing it's missing is it's an older one and it doesn't have the dam around the back to keep from blowing as much stuff up in your face. Um, there are times when I wish I had that, so I may swap out to that down the road. Um, I do have a fixed front sight uh, and a Surefire X300U just in front of the front sight on the top rail at 12 o'clock. Uh, we've talked about that before. And then this particular gun has a Trigicon MRO uh, just in the standard Trigicon mount. Um, looking at potentially switching that out to a Scalaworks um, or, or a Geisley uh, or possibly a uh, LaRue tactical mount um, just because it's a little sexier. Uh, honestly, for no other reason than that. Maybe a little stronger, a little more durable. Um, the sling on the gun is uh, Blue Force gear. I like their two-point, um, especially their two-to-one convertible. I don't run guns in single-point sling configuration very often. Um, I've been talked out of using them in vehicles, uh, and, I, and basically so that kind of leaves doing hardcore structure work, kicking indoors. It's about the last, you know, last place for single-point to be uh, it, more than just using it as a two-point and being comfortable and functional. So. Um, I think that about covers that particular build. By the way, I throw, I like the bad levers. I know there's arguments for and against them. Uh, my argument against the bad lever, or that I've heard people say, is that if it gets caught on something and gets ripped off the gun, you no longer have a bolt catch. So now I have an AK. I can live with that. Um, the other argument is that it puts something in the trigger guard. Um, guess what? My finger goes in the trigger guard occasionally. Uh, so I'm not going to get real freaky about that. Uh, but yeah, the gun has been reliable. I have not been religious about keeping a round count on the gun. Uh, I want to say that I'm pushing somewhere probably just shy of 3,000 rounds already with the gun um, because I've taken it out with our training group a number of times with two different training groups and then also on my own a few different times and put some rounds through it. I have yet to have a single hiccup on it. Um, I am running a in the back end of the gun a T2 from Spikes buffer. Uh, ran a stock buffer spring that came with it, so ostensibly a Bravo Company buffer spring. The other thing that I did switch out here very recently, um, Cutter Machine has the Warthog flat wire springs. Uh, we have those in stock, so I'm test driving one of those in it. Um, I'm, I probably only have 400, 350 to 400 rounds through the gun with the flat wire spring in it. Um, I, I, I don't see a huge difference in how the gun runs. I definitely haven't had any malfunctions or any problems or anything like that. Um, but a flat wire spring that's going to get me through 100,000 cycles uh, for $10 more or for twice the amount of a $10 standard buffer spring to me is a no-brainer. Um, and so, and it's a local business that makes a good product. So happy to support them and run that part too. So 
Um, that is the Mark I Mod Zero Sniper Pistol. It is a joy to shoot. Um, I, I hopefully will be able to report back at some point uh, in the next few months over the winter if I can get out and get a hard zero on the gun, play around with it at distance, and see what kind of accuracy I'm actually getting out of it. I may throw a magnified optic on it just to kind of test drive that a little bit to see what it's capable of. But with the dot, um, Brian mentioned in one of our Facebook posts here recently, an Instagram post, uh, we ran the hat drill 50 yards, you know, from a practical perspective, it puts the rounds where, where you put the dot. Pretty effective tool. So I, I think that's it on that monster. Anything else? Anything I'm missing? Uh, ain't gonna like hand stop or anything? Oh yeah, I just added the KAG. Uh, just added a uh, Bravo Company KAG uh, M-Lock hand stop on it. Um, I, I like being able to pull the gun back into my shoulder pretty hard to stabilize the gun and then try to be as light on the trigger as I can be. Um, I, I like the KAG hand stop for that. Plus it gives me really good um, a really good indicator of hand position for the light on the gun too. So if I'm on the hand stop, I know that if I raise my thumb up next to the sight, I'm on the light. So it's a good indicator for that. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I thought Chris's Mark One Mod Zero sniper pistol was pretty cool. Yeah, it's fine. And decided I needed to make one too. Um, so mine is the with the Mark Two Mod Zero sniper pistol. Um, it also is built around that same. FN um, 11 and a half inch lightweight hammer forge barrel um, mine sort of came about we were at the store um, on a Saturday that was a little slow during football season and we're screwing around on a distributor website and found a bunch of things and we're like oh wow this would be really cool if we put them all together yes. and the next thing I need my wallet was dramatically lighter <laughs> <laughs> yes so in addition to that 11 and a half inch um, FN barrel I've got a Gemtech um, Trek 5.56 um, direct thread suppressor tied into it underneath an Aero Precision, uh, I believe it's the Quantum yeah. handguard, yeah, the quantum handguard the big uh, one. which is the big <clears throat> oversized one. Like 1.8 inch ID, I think, on the Quantum, so it's got a lot of room inside for a suppressor. Yeah, so that's the 15 inch Quantum handguard on that. Um, the barrel with the suppressor on it comes to something slightly over 16 inches, so it's essentially an, an integrally um, suppressed, you know, 16 inch upper. Yes, if you chose to, if you chose to pin, pin and weld the suppressor <clears throat> to the barrel, that would turn that into um, potentially a one stamp yeah. suppressed SBR of sorts, so. Um, that is then um, tied into an arrow um, upper receiver. All that stuff fit together um, real nice and snug. I didn't have to use any heat guns or anything to put okay. it together, um, but it does lock up, you know, really nice and tight. Um, the handguard decision was sort of dictated by the suppressor because I needed something that was big enough to fit over top of the suppressor. Um, that is then on an Aero Precision uh, M4E1 lower receiver that I got stripped. Um, I got the M4E1 um, for a couple reasons. The first one being the really big flared magwell on it yeah really uh, nice makes a big difference when you're doing reloads on the clock uh, in addition to that it's got a threaded um, bolt catch instead of a roll pin which just makes it a little bit easier to put together um, integral uh, trigger guard which is kind of nice that's one of the things i usually immediately swap out on a regular um, lower receiver build and i think that's got the that's got the screw to do the D 
the adjustments between the upper and the lower. It does. Them. It does. It has that fitment adjuster. Uh, I also think it, on the back end, all of the new Aero uh, AR receivers, whether they're the X15 Gen 2s or whether they're the M4E1s, all have uh, the rear takedown pin hole, the detent and spring hole is also threaded. So they give you some things, little cheats to make the gun a little bit easier to maintain down the road and, and switch parts out and not lose springs and whatnot. But yeah, that does have that adjustment between the upper and the lower. Yeah, and then on the back end of that, I've got a law folding adapter um, and an SP Tactical SBA3 uh, pistol brace. Um, put a, I think a super old school uh, Vickers sling on it from Blue Force Gear right now. Uh, I think my sling is, shoot, maybe almost, 15 years old yeah we got a, a super old school one um that's running in the qd socket on the brace and then one of the qd sockets that's built into the handguard um yeah i put a geisley one of the maritime bolt catches on the lower um i think we mentioned in the first podcast that really makes a difference when you're trying to do one-handed manipulations um, on the gun it also just gives you something bigger to use when you're doing a reload um, ALG ACT trigger in that. Uh, one of the things with that trigger, I started out with the purple spring installed, and have been I've been running some Privy Partisan um, M193 clone ammo that's all NATO spec, so a little bit harder primers. Um, about once a magazine, um, that trigger does not. Yeah, it does not make that primer go boom. Yeah, so. we've had a yeah we've we've sold a number of the ACT triggers and had people report that they've not had problem one running the lighter purple spring, which will give you a four and a half pound trigger pull. Uh, the standard spring that goes with that kit pushes a trigger pull up to five and a half or six, but but guarantees reliability with hard primered military ammo. Um, Brian's honestly the first person I've talked to who's ever had that problem with the purple spring. Everyone else has been, yeah, it runs like a sewing machine. So I don't know if that's like a privy thing that their primers are super hard um, or just bad luck or, or whatever. Uh, but either way, you know, from Geisley, you know, they or from ALG, mm -hmm. they tell you specifically, if you run military ammo, you should be running the harder, the harder spring or the heavier spring. Um, the other thing to bear in mind, a, a crisp five and a half pound pull on a, on a AR carbine SBR slash pistol um, is not an unreasonable pull weight, uh, you know, with the same trigger, the PNTs and that and the ALG triggers, um, we and other guys in our group are engaging steel plates out through 300 meters with dot optics and low power variables. Um, it, it's, it's more than a good enough trigger to do work with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say it's been, you know, rock solid, reliable with the Top Shot um, 223 stuff. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is ammo that's just has been it's turned into it's time to make it go away and get some newer stuff yeah in the collection um but just you know if you are running you know if you are running military spec ammo um, with an act trigger you might want to consider running you know that heavier spring yeah um just from a reliability standpoint um yeah uh bravo grip with that i think we've got batteries for the flashlight, batteries for the optic, and a little bottle of lube um, tucked up inside that grip. Okay. Um, I've got a Surefire X300 off at 11 o'clock, um, kind of mounted 45 degrees off the side of the rail um, way up front, and that's because I run a Trigicon AccuPower 1 to 8. 
on my sniper pistol to give mm. it a little extra reachy mm, reach. The one to eight. <laughs> Sorry, guys. The scope just makes me happy. So. Um, yeah, and that having that optic turns that gun. Um, it'll do. It'll pass Pat McNamara's, you know, five X test um, all day long. Yeah. As long as I do my part. Um, so we're putting you know five rounds of whatever inside the X ring of a B eight you know, at 50 yards, um, you know, basically every single time. Yeah. Um, having that magnification and the reticle on the AccuPower, um, it's just, it's super fast up close. Um, being a 34 millimeter objective lens, um, the eye box is huge. It's super forgiving. Yeah. Um, it works basically like an EOTech at one power. Um, and then when it's time to, to go reach out and touch something, I can crank it up to eight. I'll get a mil spec or a mil hashed reticle. Um, I've got dope buildup for all the different ammo I need. So it's just a matter of holding on the right hash and then sending the round. Yeah, really awesome scope. Um, if you ever need to help an Amish person pound in great big wooden spikes to build a barn, you could pull it off your rifle and use it for that too. Um, it's, it's impressively built. A uh, little on the heavy side, but you know that's part of the game. If you want that kind of durability and reliability, the glass and the Trichicon, I, I still don't understand how they do the glass they do for the prices. I'm not saying the AccuPower is an inexpensive scope, but it is a phenomenal value for what you get. It is an awesome, awesome low power variable. I'm, I'm a little jelly. Yeah, I think with you know looking at the AccuPower and then looking at everything comparable, all of a sudden we add probably at least an extra thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, that gun's been super reliable, um, you know, in the cold, in the not so cold, um, pretty much everything in between. Uh, I'd say I've got probably about 11 or 1200 rounds through mine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been really happy with it. It, you know, having the loft folder on the pistol, um, just makes the gun so much easier to transport. Um, yes. they fit into bags that don't look like gun bags all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, which makes it a lot easier even just getting them you know from home to the range if you don't want your neighbors to necessarily see everything that's going in and out if you've got a don't have a garage you know attached to your house or whatnot um it just makes it a, a lot more convenient a lot more low profile yep yeah uh, guys these these pistols um you know and again i know you know a year and a half two years ago i was a little bit of a naysayer um but these these pistols since the atf is currently saying hey um, I think in layman's terms, incidental contact with your shoulder is allowed. Incidentally, every time I try and look through my optic, it probably gets somewhere near my shoulder. Um, yeah, having said that, you know, it, as long as the ATF keeps their kind of laissez-faire policy on this particular item, on that being the arm brace, um, I'm going to tell you that this is probably a pretty good poor man substitute for, for an SBR that, that untangles a little bit of things. Um, legally from a perspective of having it with you and whatnot i'm not a big truck gun guy because i don't want stuff stolen out of my vehicle but those of you that are definitely consider this um it's super handy it's super convenient it's very very effective for what most people are ever going to need and man is it a lot of fun yeah and with the you know the advent of the sba3 i think that that was the part of the whole thing that really tipped tipped me into doing the sniper pistol um having the adjustable positions on the sba3 yeah. having actually a pretty good cheek weld on it um, definitely good enough you know to run magnified optics with it yeah. at magnification yeah. 
Um, and then having that loft folder, um, kind of that, the loft folder gives it an extra inch to inch and a half length to pull. Uh, I don't have a tape measure in front of me, um, so I can't tell you exactly, but it gives you just that extra bit of length to pull that really makes a difference when you're trying to get proned out behind the pistol. Yes. Yep. Very good. I don't have anything yeah. else to add. I love them. I think it's a hoot. So if you're uh, thinking about building one, come in and build one. If you're thinking about buying one, uh, we've got uh, the Daniel Defense uh, pistol in stock that is a 10-3, uh, a little shorter than we'd like. Uh, we have the Daniel Defense Upper in stock that is the 11-5 Hammer Forged Upper from Daniel. Uh, and then some other options out there as well from Air Precision that are that are a little less expensive but still pretty decent quality. So, you know, stop on by and check them out. Yeah, if you have any questions, um, give us a shout or stop by the store. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much.